today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Liberal leadership candidate uh, for uh, the Ontario Liberal Party, that is, Michael Coteau, is in town today. He'll be speaking with some business leaders in uh, just a little while. And uh, later on today, he'll uh, head down the highway to Brantford. Uh, he joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to uh, give us a read on exactly what he's looking for as a liberal leader. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for the time. Great to have you with us today. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit, with the, get to right to the elementary questions here. Uh, the party, the Liberal Party, obviously uh, took a real beating in the last election. That was more than a year ago now. Uh, the numbers significantly reduced. Uh, some suggest that the, there's time for a reboot for the whole party here. Uh, you're the first one to actually throw your hat in the ring here. Why do you want the job? Well, there's um, there's uh, the three people who have uh, officially uh, said that they're in the race at this point, um, and uh, uh, I'm one of them. And um, the reason I, I think that I would be uh, good to lead the party into the next uh, election in 2022 is because uh, I believe in an Ontario that's so different from Doug Ford's Ontario. I believe that uh, we're stronger when we work together. Uh, I believe in uh, I'm value-driven. I, I, I believe that um, that we need to raise the uh, the bar when it comes to the public discourse and, uh, and 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 return decency back into politics. And I think it's a problem in Ontario. And um, if we don't learn how to get along and to work together under you know, uh, our, uh, within a, a political, uh, 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 to have political discussions that allow people to share ideas, we're going to have some major issues in this country moving forward. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure that yourselves and probably even Andrew Horvath and the NDP were kind of wishing the election was next week based on some of the, the numbers we've seen with this government. <laughs> but it's not for three years, Michael, as you know, uh, and that's that's All a right. lot of time. And they say a week is a lifetime in politics. That's a lot of lifetimes. What do you do to try to, to change the hearts and minds of Ontario voters? Well, this is um, this is such a good question, um, Doug Ford. Uh, it's not necessarily the policies that uh, define who Doug Ford is and the Conservatives today. It's more the the values that they aspire to, the ideology that they they embrace. Um, Doug Ford has an ideology that says, you know, it's every person for themselves, and it goes away. There's a huge contrast from the the typical way Ontarians have built the province as a as a collective. So I don't think it matters what. Um, Doug Ford decides to do over the next three years. If he's driven by uh, that belief, that value, that ideology, uh, and it and it limits their ability to to think in a flexible way. Like for example, you know, I read today that in Brantford, uh, the mayor is looking for uh, for support in regards to the opioid crisis. Yeah. Like this is a reality that's there. That people are dying, people are hurt, families are being destroyed. Like this is a reality. This is actually real. Uh, Doug Ford's ideology pushes them away from uh, from accepting that and uh, and responding to it in a in a positive way that actually helps to you know to to build community. I think that it's those types of ideological decisions that Doug Ford's making that actually does damage to Ontario. And um, his policies may be tweaked here and there, and they may soften up on this and that. But when you have an ideology that doesn't allow you to do what's best for Ontario, it doesn't matter what you do to tweak policies. Uh, the core of uh, of your beliefs will not allow Ontario to reach its full potential. 
uh, by the way, just I'm, I'm sure you're aware, of, uh, for the record, uh, the numbers here in Hamilton are even worse uh, vis-a-vis the opioid crisis. Our numbers are well above the provincial average. And uh, and I can tell you, I, uh, Michael, that uh, this city council is also looking for assistance from the federal or the provincial government in this matter, too. So, uh, And we're not the only ones. I know that Mayor Tory in Toronto has, has echoed those same sentiments, and Mayor Watson in Ottawa, too. So there's a... There's a it's a, everywhere, right? Well, there's a concern you know? going on right now about the impact that this is having. Uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger was on our program earlier in the show uh, and very, expressing some severe and very legitimate concerns about about the deficit that's going to be created in every municipal government now because of some of the decisions the Ford government has made. So there's unrest here a year after the, the, this government was elected. But but they, they're going to be looking for alternatives. They're going to say, okay, uh, just for the record, uh, Michael, you guys had a shot at this for 14 years, and we got pretty tired of you, as a, and, and we, we shoved you out of there without probably knowing a whole lot about what Ford was going to bring to the table. Uh, but the decision was made nonetheless. So there's still yeah. some people that said, you know what, I don't like what he's doing, but boy, I'm not so sure I want to give these guys another shot at it. Well, I think when you look over the last 15 years, there's no question that there were mistakes that were made in uh, in government. You know, I think the I never agreed with the selling of hydro. There was challenges in uh, in other areas, um, and and that's true. But when you look at the, the overall 15 years in this province and what we were able to do, you know, look at a town like Hamilton and... Um, you know, the relationship between uh, Queen's Park and Hamilton and, uh, you know, the infrastructure spend, um, the investments that were made, not only in uh, infrastructure, but, you know, look at, at, at public education. Um, when you look at, uh, you know, the growth in, uh, in the economy and unemployment, you know, they were some good years, even though we went through the worst of economic times. So I think when people start to look back at those 15 years and they'll say, you know, I'll be the first to admit that there were mistakes, but uh, when you start to compare the record of the Liberal uh, government over the last 15 years uh, to other jurisdictions across North America, uh, we've done pretty well in uh, in Ontario, and uh, we need to continue to do well. You know, when we were back in 2003, I asked Jim Bradley this question yesterday. Um, I asked him, how long did it take in 2003 to fix what Harris did in Ontario? And he said it took basically the first term. Now, the problem we're going to have in Ontario is that there's so much damage that's being done in this province today in every area, from, from education to health care to the economy to the environment. There's so much damage that's being done, and it's worse than what Harris ever did. Uh, it's going to take a lot of time to, uh, to, to, to fix uh, a lot of those challenges, but we need to build an alternative to Doug Ford that's prepared to take on those challenges and, uh, and, and has, has, has its values intact. So it knows exactly at every decision point what values uh, should drive those decisions. And it comes back to that one point. Let's return to decency in Ontario and let's make sure that we're making decisions that are best for the collective and not just for a small few people like Doug Ford's decided to do. Uh, with Michael Cotto, uh, uh, Liberal MPP, of course, and uh, uh, contender for the uh, Ontario Liberal leadership. Uh, it's it's unrealistic, Michael, at this point to suggest, okay, give me your platform, because, I mean, that that's going to take time for, for that to develop, obviously. But you do need to separate yourself from the other candidates for the leadership role. What What makes you unique? What makes you different? Well, I think I have the personal experience and the professional experience to... Uh, uh, to, to, to bring forward a, a leadership style that uh, will work here in Ontario, to bring the right, right people together. You know, I've never said that I'm the smartest guy in the room, but I have uh, enough smarts to identify, you know, the best and brightest and bring people together to, uh, to look for alternative ways to, uh, to build solutions. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a guy from the other side of the track. I grew up in, 
in uh, you know part of the city in Toronto that uh, you know there was not a lot of opportunity for young people. Um, I was uh, you know one of the only guys in my neighborhood that got to go to post secondary. Uh, most of my my community is uh, is working class. My father fixed washing machines. My my mom cleans clean buildings. So I know what it's like to to be counted out um, and to to be pushed aside. And um, I didn't allow you know the, the society to to. To keep me in uh, in in any type of uh, foreseeable role, I reached out and branched out, and I got involved in politics. Um, you know, I was the only person in my family who was interested in it, and uh, I got involved. And uh, I've been I've gone through six elections. Um, I beat the deputy mayor of Toronto in the last election. It was an upset for the Conservatives, and um, you know, I'm a, a different type of politician. I think um, you know when I go into Hamilton, I feel at home. Uh, because I think uh, I connect with people there. I think we share a lot of the same experiences. And for far too long, people in this province have been felt like they've, they've been discounted and, and pushed aside. And that's why, you know, I launched my entire uh, um, uh, nomination process or, you know, the seeking the party party leadership in Windsor, because for far too long, they've felt like they've uh, they've been uh, pushed aside. And I want to open up uh, Queen's Park and uh, and let people know that they do have a voice there and it's their building. Uh, we own it as citizens, and we need to build an Ontario uh, that uh, creates opportunity for everyone, not just a few. And I'll, and I'll say this. Um, my entire campaign will be built on uh, making Ontario the best place uh, on the enti- in the entire world to raise a child uh, where they have the best opportunity, where they feel the safest, where they get the best education, where they're the healthiest, uh, where they feel like they're, uh, that they can have opportunity. And we need to build our dreams in this province based on their dreams. And I think if we can do that, we will build an Ontario that's not only good for kids, but for every single person in this province. Uh, later today, I, just a little, few minutes, obviously, you're going to be dealing with uh, the Hamilton business community. I know you're going to be meeting with them uh, and getting some input and obviously presenting your case. Uh, there were some concerns in the business community, Michael, about some of the liberal policies. I know they're not very enchanted with what's going on with the current government, but but they still have their bad taste in the mouth, some of them. I mean, there, there, was, uh, there was no consensus about the minimum wage increase. And, and of course, Ford's canceled right. the one that was supposed to happen. Uh, some small businesses were saying this was going to have a, a negative impact on their businesses. Uh, there's, I know there were studies that proved the contrary, but you know, once you have a mindset that it's going to be bad, it's pretty hard to change people's minds. What's, what's your message going to be to the business community, the Hamilton business community, when you meet with them today? So Ontario is going to go through a massive transformation economically over the next, uh, the next 30 years. Uh, we have a decision to make on a uh, what type of uh, what type of approach we want to take in the new as the new economy continues to grow in Ontario. Um, how how will municipalities build their their plans to compete not only uh, in Ontario and across Canada but uh, across the the, the world um, with the impacts of like AI and uh, and automation and the displacement of workers? We've got decisions to make and. Um, uh, municipalities are going to need a, uh, a provincial partner that's going to be able to uh, to help invest and support them. Uh, so new industries built. If we if we don't prepare for the for the for the new economy that's here in Ontario, um, we will it will be very difficult for us to compete internationally, and we'll we'll lose our standing on the planet uh, in regards to the size of our economy. We're number ten right now in Canada uh, in the world economy. Um, in the next thirty years, we're projected to be in the high twenties. Where countries like uh, Nigeria go from the 30s to near the top 10, so there's a transformation taking place, and I don't think it has to be that way. I think we need to we need to figure out exactly where we want to invest. We need to target those uh, those industries that are, are going to align with uh, 
uh, with the, the growth uh, internationally and the demand. Uh, we've got to protect our agricultural land because I know food security is going to be a big issue. And um, we need to make sure that we align our public education system with uh, the demands of the new economy. And that's where we're going to need a, a new relationship between municipalities and the provincial government. The status quo won't work. And uh, municipalities need the resources and they need the partnerships that are predictable and that are stable. And that's what I want to offer uh, to, uh, to uh, the business community in regards to the type of leadership style I'll bring to, uh, to Queen's Park. To uh, be the leader of the party, obviously, you've, you've got to win the hearts and minds of your own party first. And it's a party that's, uh, well, still suffering, I think, uh, the fallout from what happened in the last election. As we mentioned, the numbers of um, uh, members in the legislature have been reduced significantly. I don't think there's any way the government's going to give you official party status, unfortunately. But uh, that's just the way things are. That's the reality. Right. If you do win this thing, Michael... Uh, I would think that job one is to have to be to rebuild the party itself before you can start getting uh, the support from the, the the people province-wide. You've got to actually rebuild this. Uh, it's it's not decimated, but it is broken right now, and it needs some help. How do you how do you go about doing that? Well, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, we lost the trust of not only uh, people of our, in Ontario, but uh, liberals. And um, when you start to lose the, the trust of liberals, um, it makes it obviously difficult to rebuild the party. So my first job is going to be to uh, to build trust back, and that's by, you know, by by authentically listening to what people have to say and building, you know, building a, a, a strategy that allows those voices to come in and actually build the platform of the party. We're going to have to, you know, once we build trust and we we, we build that relationship and feel, people actually feel like they're part of the mix, uh, then we need to uh, we need to raise money. And as we raise money, we need to ensure that liberals are aligned when it comes to what makes them liberals, because I think that's a big challenge today. Liberals are not as clearly defined as, as conservatives may be or as NDPers may be. So we need to figure out what it means to be a liberal today in these, uh, these challenging times and uh, move forward with some type of uh, policy that reflects that. And I think everything has to be driven by our values and, uh, you know, where we stand as, uh, as Ontarians. People in Ontario are decent people. You go anywhere in the province, they're decent people who want to do, you know, make the make the right decisions, and they want to support each other. That needs to be the foundation of uh, of the Ontario Liberal Party. We need to be able to capture that spirit that reflects where people are, and we need to bring forward an alternative to Doug Ford uh, that is not locked into ideology like the NDP or the Conservatives are. It's uh, based on a more practical, uh, centrist approach that allows for flexibility in these difficult times. If there were one word that you could use to describe the kind of Liberal Party that you want to lead, what would it be? I think it would be it would be decency. It's about making that right decision at the right time uh, based on uh, the right values. Uh, it's about building a decent Ontario. I think decency is the word. There's a long way to go, as we mentioned before. The, the the leadership actually is going to be determined. There's a long long way to go, an awful lot of people to talk to. Uh, at the same time, there's the, the concern about what might happen uh, in the federal election, uh, and and of course the relationship between uh, the federal government and the provincial government. It's uh, uh, shall we say acrimonious at the at the current time, uh, and not for the first time. I mean, the McGuinty government had some problems with the Harper government. Uh, uh, the two finance ministers, Mr. Duncan and Mr. Flaherty, uh, would uh, joust uh, on a pretty regular basis. How do you try to build that that federal uh, provincial relationship, which is so important, especially in the, in the province of Ontario? Right, we're we're at a place right now where there's four hundred, I think, and forty million dollars sitting at the table for Ontario in regards to infrastructure money that Doug Ford. 
and the Conservatives are not utilizing, that's going to dry up, and uh, we're not going to have access to that money. And, um, you know, even the, the Canada games that are being held in the Niagara region, like the, you know, everything seems to be on hold with the provincial government because people seem, you know, to, to the, 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 they're locked into, into an approach that doesn't seem to work well with other partners. Uh, we need to move away from that. You know, when I talk about a new deal with municipalities, it's about rebuilding a relationship that's predictable, that's stable, that's based on formulas where expectations are clear. And I think the federal provincial governments have to work in the same way. Um, when you start to uh, to put your personal, um, you know, political views um, in regards to partnership with uh, with other levels of government uh, in place that uh, just based on personality and and ideas lock you out of discussion and doing what's best for Ontario, uh, you're not fit to govern, and uh, that's what's happening with the uh, the Ford administration currently. Well, and we've seen the opposite. I mean, I described some of the uh, the, the anticipate uh, acrimony that went on between the, the McGuinty government and, and the Harper government. But when the, when push came to shove, and we're in a crisis situation here in two thousand nine, uh, they did work together to save the auto industry. And I just have the two of them standing up there at podium. I, I know they weren't each the best friends, but I mean, they, they understood that there was a common goal here. I, I'm not so sure that that would happen today. Well, the best example was the Pan Am Games that I was responsible for. The uh, stadium that was built in Hamilton, I was able to deliver that to uh, to Ontarians on behalf of Ontarians and um, and to deliver the games. And you know, we uh, we had different views uh, politically uh, from the Conservative government, but uh, there was enough decency in the room to to uh, to build a uh, an approach that actually kept the the best interest of athletes and Ontarians in mind. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. We've gotten so, uh, it's become so polarized in politics today that people can't even sit at the same table. Um, you know, if we're seeing this in the States uh, this week uh, with Donald Trump. We're seeing it uh, internationally in other jurisdictions. Um, people, you know, the majority of Ontarians um, are, are hardworking people that just want what's best for the province. Um, you know, they don't want to be pulled by, you know, the extreme you know, right, or, you know, they don't want to be pulled too far to the left. The majority of people in in Ontario just want to pay their taxes, get good services. They want to be left alone. They want law and order, and they want opportunity for, for the young people and a, and a public safety net, you know, as you get old, or, you know, that there's good health care system and things like that. That's what people expect. That's what people want. Um, but when you have politicians who are so locked into ideology that can't even sit in the same room, you know you got a problem in Ontario, and that's where we are today. And we need to break away from that. We just need the, the regular people back uh, in these positions to, uh, to make good decisions and, uh, and, uh, and stay out of the way and uh, just maintain those things I listed. Uh, Michael Coto in town today. Uh, lots more to talk about, Michael, but uh, we'll do that, I guess, in uh, the future visits to this community as uh, this rolls along. Thanks so much for this. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate the opportunity. Take care. Michael Coto, of course, uh, seeking the uh, leadership of the Ontario Liberal Party, speaking to Hamilton business folks today. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.